it, uh, it, it never works the first time. I always have to. <laughs> like, I have to do it twice, back out, and then go back in. It's weird. Um, all right, so what do you want to do on this one? Like, is it what? Well, I knew, like, like, the backstory of, like, Area 51 and the, the people that owned the land and they were, like, battle over it. And then... Okay. Um, because I think it's important. That's good. Because the people that that own the land, their their mine and and that they owned up there, it overlooks Area Fifty One. They they can look right in. Okay. So they can see all the runway and everything, and they, they used to be able to. They have they have a mine up there that they've ran for years and years, and they're still like literally just got some settlement last year. Really? They've been fighting this for for a long time for decades yeah but they 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 didn't start out that way it was i'll go through some of it but they they didn't start out that way they they actually were hosting the people that were scouting groom lake out to turn it into a military facility like Welcome to the podcast that explores mysterious disappearances, bizarre worldly occurrences, strange phenomenon, and basically everything that's weird. Welcome to the podcast, Everything That's Weird. We're your hosts, Brandon and Anthony. And tonight we are talking about Area 51. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> I love it, dude. I love this subject. I've never been there. I've been to Nevada a bunch. Hold on. Are they, are they seeing aliens? Yeah, they, they probably, probably got some owls out there. They're going <laughs> to. God. <laughs> yeah, they were crazy. So, Area 51 is. I, I've. Okay, so I've been to Nevada a bunch of times because I love Las Vegas. But. And I've been around. I've, I've driven out there a bunch. I, I think I've said on past podcasts that I've driven in that area of the country and there's nothing out there. Mm-hmm. It's a gigantic area. That's um, why I picked it. Right. And it's out in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so originally, it was some sort of military base in the 30s. But it, it was very small. Just a bombing range. Right. They, just a very small. Strips. Right. Very small. Right. But then... When the Cold War gets started, it becomes sort of like, it's sort of like our center stage for testing, nuclear testing. There's been like over a hundred nuclear tests there. Right. And and And, it was Eisenhower that he got, he got scared that there was a lack of knowledge of uh, the Russian military development. So he started recruiting this panel of experts and they developed all the blueprints to 
make up like spy planes and stuff that were created there. There's a lot of spy planes. And ironically, it's Eisenhower <laughs> on his way out of office that says like the military industrial complex is like a slippery slope. That like mm-hmm. if we if we only build stuff that kills people, and that's what our commerce is based on. That's kind of like, you know, kind of a means. We have to, to keep killing end. people. <laughs> right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But um, now I will say that I was trying to find exactly why it's called Area Fifty One and who named it that. And all the only thing I could find was that they had the Nevada test site was sectioned off. Yes. And where, like, the base of Groom Lake sits? It was the, the AEC, um, it was a, which is a U.S. federal civilian agency, um, the Atomic Energy Commission. They, um, they had a map that they used, and that, that area fell as Area 51. Okay. It was and, actually and Indian it- Springs Auxiliary Field number one. Okay, but like, there's other areas. Mm-hmm. There's actually an area 52 mm-hmm. that a lot of people talk about that has um, some sort of. A lot of people think more like other testings going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's like other areas where they detonated nuclear bombs that are said to be super. Toxic. So I think I think yeah, in this, yeah. right. I think I think what we spoke about earlier is that you're going to kind of give us the history of it, and then we'll kind of get into like this conspiracy of it, and then we'll mm-hmm. kind of see where we're at after that. Right. And like I said, it, it was the Atomic Energy Commission that designated that area as Area 51. Um, they that what they they were they were created by Truman in 46 to control the development and production of nuclear weapons and to direct the uh, R&D of peaceful use of nuclear energy. So that's the uh, backbone of it really. It was that they were they were looking. Now it had a couple it had a few names I, I saw too. Dreamland, Watertown, Yuletide, and Paradise Ranch. Right, which was a pretty popular name. Well, it's because like these pilots mm-hmm. that fly, you know, they kind of get on top of their aircraft, and then all of a sudden they're like, "Hey, here's a plane that goes like twice as fast," and they're like, "Yeah, what?" <laughs> so this place started out as as a, like a mining community. They found like precious metals in there, silver and lead and stuff like that. And they were, it started out like a long time ago, 1866. People started mining back in that area and i'm, uh, I'm gonna get to that too yeah up. so there on. was a there was a family called the Sheehan family that acquired property that's now area 51 back in the 1800s and they they established a mine there under a land patent and they 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 that's where they should just claim land <laughs> Awesome would that right? be to still be able to do that? <laughs> like glory there. days. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, this is all mine right here. But yeah. to be fair, there's nothing there. Yeah. They just like, was, you had to dig, it was all mines. And right. They and had, I don't you know how like anywhere else you go, you can dig so far down and hit water. Right. I think it's really hard to hit water. Yeah, I don't in know this area in this area. 
Right, in this area of the country, I think it's really hard to hit water. Mm-hmm. And I'll get into that, too, Like maybe like in the second part. But go ahead. But they had... Uh, that family was on that property when, in, like you said, they, they came in looking for a place to build a gunnery and bombing range. And what's funny is the Sheehan family actually hosted them. Like... They put them up while they were surveying land. And they ended up taking up the spot right right next to them. And um, they bought some of the property, I think, at the in the beginning from them. As I believe how that worked. And, and then, then squeezed later, them out. And then later they started doing that uh, that squeeze on them, that pinch. Started taking more and more land. And that I, like in 1952, the family finally moved to Vegas. But what's fucking hilarious about this is that, like, all through the history, from the time that they went out there and started making that a gunnery and bombing range, to, to when they left, even like after they left town, that base peppered them with shit like over and over again. They like took <laughs> out one of their water towers. They hit a barn. I mean, like. Artillery you know what, Brandon? Rip right through them. <laughs> no good deed goes unpunished, right? Right. Okay, don't ever take a lie detector test. <laughs> and don't ever help the government out when your land's involved. Yeah, they you're tested, on, you're they on the One of the Sheehan's actually got cancer from the fallout. Of course he did. Yep. Well, it's important also, real, real quick, before you finish, the U.S. government didn't even say that this existed until 2013. Right. So up until this time, mm-hmm. uh, a, a move that the government would do when anybody that worked in and around Area 51, because it very much was a base mm-hmm. and a test site and whatever. And, yeah, they, uh, built, they built up onto it and built onto it and built onto it. Sure, and the and like you know, workers that got sick, and they said, you know, I worked at this base, uh, Groom Lake, mm-hmm. and literally, their lawsuits were dismissed. Their like workmen's comp lawsuits were dismissed. Mm-hmm. That the she and woman got like I think like eleven hundred bucks. Well, I know, I know, cancer. right? Well, it's, it's like, like like people in our hometown. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but like, you know, the people, they literally dismissed their lawsuits because they said that it doesn't, the base doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. And that was like a big, that was a big problem. So go ahead with this. Yeah. They, this. well, they, they, you know, at first they were like civil with them, but then they, that stuff kept happening. They kept like clipping them with rounds and they finally, they moved. It's because, especially because the fallout became too much. And, and then, like, at that time, though, they weren't doing Eisenhower. It was like in 54 when Eisenhower commissioned uh, the CIA and stuff to, to build spy planes. And when the CIA came in, they're the ones that put up all the walls and fences and perimeters and they're they're the ones that started building more and making it more secret and then everything got real quiet so after the manhattan project after world war ii 
everybody knows we have like nuclear capability. It mm. it kind of puts us at like top dog, but then the Soviets were really close behind us, mm-hmm. and so were the Germans. But the Germans lost the war, and we sort of we like divvied up the cards between us and the Soviet Union with all the scientists that made the German program work. Right. So their their program accelerated really fast, and they become like a world power overnight. Mm, and yeah. they have this machine that can like just crank out nuclear warheads. And I think to date, don't they have the biggest hydrogen bomb that's ever been detonated? I, I'm pretty <laughs> yeah, sure. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure you're right. Right. So anyway, so we were constantly like nervous about that. We're like trying mm-hmm. to spy on them, and we have these low altitude planes. And we really had a need for like a high altitude surveillance. Super fast. Plane. Super fast. High Fastest altitude. ones ever created. Right. You can't just land those at like Chicago mm-hmm. O'Hare. Like, yeah. And, and, <laughs> you need and Area like, 51 has a monster runway. Is it? It's three miles? It's like one Two? of the longest in the country. It's, I thought it was like because they just kept adding it. You can see if you can, because for the first time, because of the Freedom of Information Act, you can go on Google. And, mm-hmm. and look at Google Earth and look at the image. And you can see if you look at the runway that the end of that real, real long runway hasn't been used. There's like grass growing up through the cracks and stuff. Oh, but really? A, but a big, big section of it has been used. But but it because it doesn't have any shit on it. But they're uh, like a big part of that. And I think that was just when they were developing these spy planes because they did a few of them. There was U-2 and A-12 yf12 sr71 blackbird which was the <laughs> that's the bad, bad motherfucker yeah those are bad looking those are awesome yeah they are and they go they got the orange afterburners an hour the orange afterburners oh yeah and, and they're jet the black thing. they're so fast and they go so high that to keep them what they had to do is they leak like a sieve when they're standing still like oil and shit just leaks out of them Oh, really? So when they get up to speed, all that shit swells and seals it up, and that thing flies like a bat out of hell. And it goes yeah, like 22 I never, I never miles even thought hour. of that. It's crazy. I never thought of that because, yeah, that's exactly yep, what it is. When it's you, on the ground, they to... leak like a sieve. And then it, and it, it's altitude is like 85,000 feet. And you think they have an oil pan under that thing? <laughs> no. It seals itself when it gets up there, man. I don't know. So I'm that interested about crazy. this family. This family. So the so family's they, overlooking. They, so they own. So wait, wait. They, so okay. The the place that overlooks it is called um, Tikaboo. It's called uh, Tikaboo Peak. There's and that, there's a couple places that look at. There's his um, uh, Groom Mine, right? Oh, so they're on it. Yeah, they they're. If you go onto Google Earth, you can see their prop, their mine. You can zoom in on their little mine, and wow. it's up on the mountain, looking straight down into Area Fifty One. Wow. Yeah. So they and they. What's funny is I think in a lot of these lawsuits, because see they they've been legally battling with them for a long time. You know, when all this stuff comes up where they like shot their barn and shot one of their mills and all this shit, they went and sued them. And, you know, it was like long litigation and shit. And they're still fucking because they're trying to claim intimate domain right now on them. 
So then, Nevada, Nevada is the silver state. Like mm-hmm. it has a bunch of mining. yeah, they got a lot of silver in their mines. Tons, so. tons of mines there. Tons mm-hmm. of abandoned mines. Tons of active mines. But Nevada is rich in minerals. Right. Yeah, and you can you can see this on recent news. Just last year, they got the courts decided that their property was worth like I don't know some ridiculous like one point two million dollars. But they're saying it should be upwards of a hundred million dollars. Yeah. So they're they're like you're they're way off, and this is ridiculous. They're, now they're now like, at one point they offered them five million, and they turned it down. Okay, here's another thing: don't ever side with the government. <laughs> Don't take a lie detector test. If the government offers you money over a million dollars, take it and move to another country because they're not giving you any more money. Uh, they're not going to give you no more. <laughs> you better keep your mouth shut somewhere else. <laughs> You'll be that last little house in a big metropolis. <laughs> yep. Uh, so they finally did get a settlement. Is that what you're saying? They, the, well, the court said so. I think they're appealing it still, like right now today, because and this started in in what the fifties. Their the relationship between them and the government started in like the the forties. God, dude. Yeah, and they eighty they, years. Yeah, and they shot up their barns and like I'm talking like some fucked up some shit if you if you read some of the stuff they did over the years this family it's kind of crazy yeah it's not colonial America you're bringing right. a yeah Hannibal Burris said you know you're bringing a knife to a drone fight you can't fight right. the government right <laughs> so they're all out of there now they were allowed to mine for for a long time I mean all up in in the 90s they were they were allowed they had a back access road that they were the only people that were allowed in Area 51. They could drive down this road. They had permission to go up to their mine and work their mine. So Eisenhower, mm-hmm. you brought up Eisenhower before, right. and he 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 was like the driving force to really develop this base. Yes. And on his way out of office, he talked about, um, like we just said, the military industrial complex but there's also a story that i heard that he wanted to have a tour of area 51 and he was not allowed yeah i also heard that that's that's okay so i read i read that in uh, i read that online and i also saw uh, a video of it and apparently what he what he did was he said um they, he was questioning where they were in certain parts of the nuclear development and spy planes, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then he said he wanted a tour and he had his um, one of his administrators call and, you know, ask about this. And and they got back to another one of his advisors mm-hmm. and said he doesn't have clearance. Right. And he is a general, and yeah. he's very old school American. And he's like, "What do you mean I don't have clearance? I'm commander in chief, <laughs> right? You know." And he said, "You tell them I will bring the army, and we will invade Area 51." <laughs> they said, "Okay, fine. You 
send a representative or come yourself and bring somebody with you and you can take the tour well he was like that scared him he sent a representative to two people to go to area 51 mm-hmm. and they got a tour and apparently when they came back and reported back to him he backed down he said okay and we're gonna get into that in, in a minute too of mm-hmm. maybe why he would say that so right Okay, so this family, they sue the government. There's, this is an 80-year-old lawsuit. That's They've failed. had a couple lawsuits against them. And, and, and this one with the eminent domain has been going back and forth for a long time. But the, uh, the, uh, they had lawsuits for the cancer they caused from the nuclear fallout. They had uh, lawsuits against them for when they took out their mill. Like they, <laughs> they, they did it with artillery fire. I'm like, man, that's got to be wicked, you know? Just wake up in the middle of the night and the, the mill's getting mowed down. No. Can you imagine? Yeah. And I, now, now, see, I haven't heard any other lawsuits, but I have heard about, pe- like, the them, the government, mm-hmm. exercising uh, dem- eminent domain on other yeah, yeah. homesteads. So, like, the Bureau of Land Management is a big deal out there. Right, not so much where we're from in the Midwest because yeah, right. You know, we kind of everybody, everything was already taken. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. By bought that time. Right. Bought already, by that. They were claiming why we so, were still right. buying. Right, right. Um, but like the Bureau of Land Management, there's like kind of this struggle. Anytime anything happens, the only way I can maybe equate it is that. If you've ever had a blighted property where, like, maybe it's in the not not the best area of town and mm-hmm. you kind of shutter the windows and kind of wait until the area gets a little bit better. If you're like a real estate developer, well, yeah. all of a sudden st- stuff starts happening to your house. I use that in quotation marks. Right. And, you know, they spray paint on your house and then you yep. paint that and then. They put holes in the in the in the boards that you put on the windows, and then you get a ticket for that. And then right. people dump trash in their lawn, and you get a ticket for not cleaning that up. And then it's sort of like they use all these tactics to like get the land back. And I so that say that using it. right. So like the government does this, mm-hmm. though. Local governments do this, federal governments do this, state governments do this, and the Bureau of Land Management does this. So, like, you might have some property out in the middle of nowhere in Nevada that you're not bothering absolutely nobody because they have to drive there to even, you know, see see anything. See the nothing that it is. Right. And the Bureau of Land Management has this kind of, I don't know, they're kind of like this... Gestapish <laughs> sort of agency that like throws all these things at you if you have land that they want. Right. And sometimes it's easier just to say, screw it. Yeah. And and walk away. Cause you get because land is very cheap out there. <laughs> Most of the time it's because you have to haul your water in. There's no electric. Yeah, you have sun, but you know. 
you need that. You you have to buy all that to have. Well, that's the thing with this family is they bought they they they've had this property longer than the government has, mm-hmm. and they have mined it the whole entire time. Like it, it's operation stopped. When was when was the body not that long settled? ago? Was it the fifties, forties, late late forties? Uh, let's see. You have to look that one up. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know when. I thought I had it, but I, I, I would, Well, okay. So the 49ers are because I'm going to get into that. So that's California, the gold rush. So Nevada had to be before the gold rush in California. So probably like the 20s, like 1820s. Well, I know, yeah, was, I know it was the it was the mafia that started it. So <laughs> well, they started Vegas, yeah. but Nevada as like a, as like a state. Um, oh, when was Nevada a state? Oh, here it is. It became a state in 1864. So they owned it. They owned it probably. I don't know since. 1872 was when they put their first land patent, but technically, okay. I think they owned it before then too. Well, there weren't even any planes then, so they were. 1866 <laughs> was when the land started getting mined, ah, and so. and then the Sheehans took filled out a land patent in like 72, and also in uh, 1889, 1872, and 1889. So they've been on it for a long time. Long time. All right, so so there they is. They make their money off of it too. Apparently, I mean, they expanded their mine operations and everything, and they like were literally, uh, even though there was other properties that were were taken or or you know, eminent domain claim, they they had them. They were like in the heart of it, basically. They were like right there in Area Fifty One. Okay, so at this time. Um, there we're developing this stuff. Mm-hmm. It's CIA starts shutting everything down, right? Because you do need room. Now, there's another thing I read that there's like also like um, an Area 51 triangle. It's like a, mm-hmm. it's like an area of test flights, basically. Yeah, where like there's downed technology, stealth. You know all the the blackbirds, like yep. several generations of stuff that's crashed, yeah, in the desert, and it's just still there because they're like, screw it, yeah, who gives a shit, right? <laughs> um, and you know we haven't even touched on like the big thing, and like, are there aliens there? Right, because they when you get when you when you get it's obvious what happened in the beginning, right, and mm-hmm. and when you had. Lockheed, who was developing the plane, hired by the CIA, who was hiding the development of that plane, they spent a lot of fucking money making this place top secret, big time, R&D, you know, so it'd be, (coughs) it'd be natural to think that if you were going to hide something as the government, that's going to be your best place because it's in the middle of nowhere and they've already built it up to this badass facility. And the weather's at a minimum. I mean, they do have thunderstorms and it does yeah, rain. But it's a lot of clear sky days. Lot, you can right. test flight. You can, you know. 
You can get Bob Lazar working on some stuff. <laughs> We're going to get into him. Don't worry. <laughs> He's our favorite. Um, okay, so... All right, so now we're like, it, it is a base, mm-hmm. and they are testing, and it is the height of the Cold War, mm-hmm. and this is something you really don't hear about mm-hmm. until like the '90s, right? Right. I mean, the, I, I, yeah, yeah. I remember uh, again the Weekly World News, <laughs> <laughs> but they were big on Area 51, and that there's like this test site out there. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of becomes pop culture, like in the '90s, where like everybody knows there is an area. In the late '90s, Independence Day comes out, and Will Smith takes a bunch of hillbillies there. Yep. <laughs> um, for refuge against the uh, alien attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really, up until then. As far as everybody that knows that works there, at least above ground, (laughs) right? It is uh, for chemical warfare, nuclear warfare, Mm -hmm. nuclear testing, nuclear energy as well, safe nuclear energy as well. But I don't definitely. I don't think they were working on that shit. We're gonna get back to that. (laughs) Yes, uh, nuclear application. The Soviets had a big thing with this. They were they were trying to figure out what they could do with nuclear detonation to build subways and like subterranean areas. And of course, it's a huge bust because it's all radioactive. Even if you can get, I a thought camera. I heard that the, I think at that time too they were, but there was a certain time where they were exploring the idea of. Uh, nuclear propulsion out in space. Right. Where you'd have like a shield and you'd blow up and make these nuclear detonations that would hurl you through space. And then there's of course the other side of it. Um, some say the conspiracy side of it. Others say like the whole reason it's there is aliens. Mm-hmm. It's rumored that uh, Roswell since it was relatively close um stuff was brought there and we said earlier in other episodes that a lot of people have come forward whistleblowers not not necessarily saying they've seen aliens but that there's this whole underground network between like Dolce NORAD, Area 51 and all these different bases out west where they can take like you know a super fast magnet train and get from one area to another and move massive amounts of equipment and stuff. Right. right. And that I kind of believe. I, I oh, do. man, I tell you what, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's like, why don't we have it? Well, America's gigantic, you know. It you is. Can't, you can't put them everywhere and everybody can't afford it all the time. So it's like, so if you had the technology for it, you would you would definitely like keep it in house and and use I mean, it. Why wouldn't yeah, you? I mean, you know what I mean? That is the name of the game today. As far as like the economy goes, it is technology based. You know, I've said it before on this. As soon as you they, tell people you got it, they all are gonna want it. Right. Like stealth technology was a, a driving force of the 
Cold War. And, um, you know, even the Roswell experiment's fine. You don't want to say it's not like an alien, but what they were trying to do was bounce radio waves to see if they could hear testing for the Soviet Union and <clears throat> vice versa, Chernobyl. They had like a super radio station that they built to do basically the same thing here. Right. Um, the Cold War was a real it was a real deal like everybody was on edge we didn't know what they had they didn't know what we had we had an idea what they had they had an idea what we had but like yeah it was like this back we and built forth. the fastest jet fighter in the world because of it I've also come across when, I, when researching this a lot is that thing that we keep talking about with the Roswell crash that it actually was a disc and it was people used in the experiment like it was the mm. were used as the pilots and we did the same thing and that's why we wanted to keep it so hush hush mm. so alright let's get into like why people would think um, it's aliens or why why so much secrecy and why this family still Suing them 80 years later. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. When people ask you, what do you do for a living? Do you want to be able to tell them I'm a producer? Well, now you can. Go to patreon.com, search everything that's weird, and sign up. We'll list you in all the show notes and mention you in every episode. Go to patreon.com to get started today. So I'll start with um, what there's there's three really interesting cases. Okay, we did a whole episode on Bob Lazar, right? Um, and if you haven't heard that one, you should listen to it, and it'll probably get you caught up to speed on who Bob Lazar is. But Bob Lazar, he was uh, a physicist that worked on an alien aircraft and didn't know it until it was too late. So like he, he was working on it. And by the time he realized he was working on an alien spacecraft, his all these, wife cheated on him. And <laughs> right. Got him he got kicked off the program, but he had some discoveries that kind of have sort of played out. Yeah. You know, he, he had not predictions. He just said some things that he observed. He's and a teller on some level. They, right. They've come out. 
And a lot of people are like, he's a crackpot. He, there's, you know, well, how come anybody else hasn't ever come out with anything like that? Okay. So I started looking. And there is, there is a guy. His name is David Adair. David Adair uh, is spelled exactly how it sounds. A-D-A-I-R. He is, so, he was 17. And his dad was a high... Uh, ranking military official and what he was into was like rocket propulsion and from the time he was like really really young he had started building rockets um so he yeah but he was younger he was like 13 Mm. and when he was 17 he entered this, uh, it was for like a U.S. grant to build rockets. And he came up with this design that basically um, harnessed, it harnessed hydrogen, like a hydrogen explosion, like the sun. Oh, wow. But he was able to contain it in a vacuum. So it didn't blow up. And he was able to reach ridiculous speeds with this rocket. So he said, you know, a lot of people think, how'd you come up with that when you're 17? He's like, I didn't. He's like, but my dad helped me get all these scientists on board and all these like military guys on board. Well, when they went to do it, they're like, yeah, you can't like, just fire this off and he's like yeah I know I need a place to fire this off so they're like alright well let's go to the desert <laughs> right so they take him out to the desert and they're like hey um, can we lay coordinates for this to land at a certain place and he's like well yeah you can do that you know and so they're like, they give him coordinates for Area 51. <laughs> so he's like, well, what, what's out there? And they're like, don't worry about it. You know? <laughs> None. Right. So he's like, okay, but you do understand, like, if this thing crashes, there's going to be a ridiculous explosion. And the whole idea was we were supposed to shoot into space. To be fair, the government's saying there's nothing there. Right, right. (laughs) Right, fair enough. And they're like, well, you're going to get, if this works, you're going to fly with us and we're going to look at it. And he said, okay, Mm -hmm. sure. So he does it. And he said it was so fast. It was like watching, trying to watch uh, a bullet leave a rifle. He said it was an immediate it, gone, right? Yeah. And uh, it landed in Area 51, the middle of nowhere. Hmm. So they get on an airplane. They fly to McCarran Air, Airport. They get on that white jet with the red stripe. Landed Area 51. And when they get to Area 51, they drive out to where the wreckage is. He kind of tells them, you know, 
the ins and outs of how everything works. And they said, okay. They drive back to the base. And he's sitting in this room for a while. And they're like, uh, okay, come with us. So they take him and like, it's like that golf cart that they have at the airport. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's like a gator, like a John Deere right. gator. Okay. Yeah. So they take him on that and they pull into this hangar. They close the doors. There's nothing in the hangar. Well, then the floor has like this giant corkscrew and they just start spinning around and they're going farther and farther and farther down. Mm. And he said it took him about 10 minutes to get about what he thought was about 20 stories down. And his engine... he 20 stories down, he said it took, what, 10 minutes? Yeah, because the way that the floor was, it was like a big corkscrew that just kept like spinning further and further down. Sounds like... That's, and he said the reason was is because they could move massive amounts of weight right um, so when they get down there it's cold he said it's cold it's like it's like almost freezing temperature wise and he's like okay <laughs> what is this and they're like we want you to look at this engine and he's like, and it's all an interview that he's done. Yeah. And he he has speaking, and he's he's okay. He's not just some guy. He actually developed the shuttle. He was like a main engineer for like jet engines and things like that. And I'll get into that in just a second. But yeah. he gets down there. He's seventeen, and and he's really smart. So he's like, he's really, he's smart as whip. And he's kind of goofy, like, you know, these scientist guys are. Yeah. <laughs> right? And he's like, uh, what is this? And he said his engine was the size of, like, you know, like a, a small person. Like, his engine was, like, four to five feet tall. And it was like, you know, about a bucket size. But yeah. this engine he was looking at was like a Greyhound bus. And he said his engine, had it not crashed, could have circled the globe several times. Hmm. And with what he was looking at was, um, you know, the size of a Greyhound bus. And he's like, he could go to where he wanted. <laughs> right. And they're like, well, what do you think? And he's like, well, I don't know. What do you mean? And they're like, well, like, if you were going to try to, like, build something like this, how would you do it? And he's like, well, who built it? And they're like, well, they're not here. They're on vacation. He's like, to the general says to him, they're on summer vacation. You know, like, you're on summer vacation. And he's like, well, why don't you call them up and fly here? To have, right, a, like, to have a tell about, right? So they're like, <coughs> okay, um, you know. He, your vacation better. So they kind of get what he's, they, they kind of get that he's fucking with them. Mm-hmm. And they say, uh, all right, uh, here's the deal. You need to go and look at it because 
we can sit here and you can mess with us all day or we can just keep you here. And he's like, okay, well, let me go. Let me go and look at it. He's like, I'm not trying to like look at my glasses. Right. So he goes in there and he's like, I have no idea. And it's like, there's no screws. There's no bolts. There's no rivets. Yeah. He's like, the only thing I could think of was that it looked like it was grown. And he's like, I know that sounds. He's like, but they're peppering me with questions, and I'm kind of being a smartass because I'm 17. Yeah. And um, I was starting to kind of get mad, and since I was around it, it kind of took on this different color. And he's like, when I finally said, "Hey, listen, okay, <laughs> I built that." with the help of like a bunch of people and that's made with screws and rivets and bolts and it's science vacuum tubes and all this has none of that so how could I know how to build this don't be mad at me and they kind of realized that he was probably a better resource than like than like an enemy so they kind of dialed it back a little bit and they're like, okay, all right, well, listen, we would like to offer you a job developing jet engines and to help us replicate technology like this. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, I know this. You can't put a person on the thing that I built because right. it's <laughs> so unstable yeah. and it's so fast. That they whoever you would put on there would they die instantly. Right, right, right. They'd be dead instantly. And so for the next like 40 years, he ended up building different kinds of jet engines, the shuttle. And he has like over, I don't know, it's crazy, like 400 patents or something mm-hmm. based on this. So that gets into the underground part of Area 51. And what he said about that thing was it was symbiotic. It was almost like a living organism. Right, reacting to him. Right, when he kind of calmed down, when they kind of chilled out and the the air was kind of chill, it kind of took on like a different color, like a bluish color. Whereas when he was pissed off and kind of being a dick, it was like more red. And I kind of believe him. He's been approached by... Um, some Indonesian governments mm-hmm. to do a space um, program for them, and they have like lots of money, like mm-hmm. trillions of dollars to give to them. And that was kind of like last year, so I haven't heard anything else about what he's done. Hmm. David Dare, David Dare. So I that's thought he him. passed away. Okay. Did he just pass away? I thought I think so. Let me check. Oh, he just died. Yeah, like just died. July third, twenty twenty one. So David say what from? Let's see. He has a movie called Above Majestic. Says peacefully. Uh, I don't see what if it says anything about what he died from. 
he wasn't in the best health. So even even when he gave this, and and that thing was from earlier, that thing was from like 2020, early 2020. The thing that I saw with him, and he wasn't in great health. He's way overweight. Yeah. He he walked with the cane. He sat in a chair while he gave his whole thing, and it sucks because somebody like him is like. We should have hung on to that. We yeah, it doesn't say what he died from. It said he just says that he passed away peacefully on July 3rd. Okay, so <laughs> I was kind of done with him anyway for that part of the story, but it it gets to where I was talking about where a lot of whistleblower people have said that Area 51, like, yeah, there's this above ground thing where they test planes. But there's also this underground complex that completely dwarfs what's above ground. Mm-hmm. Like you have like you know pole barns and stuff and runways, but like um, below ground, it's like much more complex. So that brings me to my last person that I wanted to talk about. His name was Jerry Freeman. Okay, so Jerry Freeman was an archaeologist. And he was obsessed with trying to find the lost 49ers. And the whole reason it's called Death Valley is because there were these 49ers that were going to California. And when they got to basically Area 51, they could go around, like, which was considered much safer. There was water. The terrain was, like, a lot easier right. to navigate. Um, the weather was milder. Everything, right? But there was gold in them hills. But, like, <laughs> they could cut off 500 miles. Mm-hmm. By going straight. So. Death Valley gets its name. Because these 49ers went there. These. These like prospectors. Get stuck in the desert. They have to send like a search party out. They end up eating their horses. Their oxen. And. You know there's like rumors of cannibalism. They probably um, ate the oxen first. I mean, I probably would. <laughs> I swear, I guess. I, I, I've been to Finland, and I'm pretty sure I've had horse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would eat the ox first. I've had oxtail, and I've had horse. Oxtail is delicious. Horse. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but, so, it ended up like a, a big portion of the group died on their way there. So, he... His interest had nothing to do with aliens. He didn't even care. Mm-hmm. He didn't care about technology. He didn't care about anything. He said he actually wrote the Navy because remember Bob Lazar said he worked for Naval Intelligence, mm-hmm. which was like a branch of the military that supposedly doesn't exist. And he wrote the Navy and the Air Force. And he said, I want to do this archaeological dig. And I think it's very important to understand, you know, how the West was settled and blah, blah, blah. 
So they're like, no. <laughs> and he's right. like, so he like peppered him and peppered him. Well, they wouldn't let him do it. So he's like, you know what, man? He tells his brother. His brother's like a big outdoor guy, military guy outdoor. He's like, you know, how could I do it? And his brother, they're going to have sensors. and His brother's telling him. Mm-hmm. He's like, but if you go at night, he's like, it becomes like, you know, if you lay low, don't light a fire, mm-hmm. and you just are cool, and you travel at night, and during the day, you just hang out in the shade. He's like, you should be fine. <laughs> So he he writes the That's sun fucking like, terrible advice. He writes the sun. Go in the fucking desert. Don't right? light a fire at night. It's gonna be fucking freezing. Yeah. Don't don't you light that shit. See he he's like uh he's like an Indiana Jones archaeologist type of guy. So right. he he writes the sun. And this is like um he was able to get messages to them, mm-hmm. like coded pages to them okay and he had like a a system that he set up like text message okay all right but his cell phone he knew his cell phone wouldn't reach so he brought a satellite phone Mm -hmm. wouldn't reach right but the satellite phone was risky because it could be picked up like transmissions can be listen to the radio okay so he he does it he breaches the perimeter of area 51 at night he gets about two miles into it daybreak he lays under a tree um nothing happens the first day second day he gets about another five miles in right and he's got it mapped out and where he's going is sort of right by S4. Hmm. And like indirectly, right? Right. And he has to he has to get over like past S4. He has to get past S4 to this canyon. <laughs> so he goes past S4 and when he's going past S4, he said he got picked up and he's like, "Oh, I knew they were going to kill me." He's like, for sure. So he's sending messages to the son and to his brother. And um, he's just chilling. And he gets to the canyon. And he's looking. Apparently, there was some kind of inscription that was written on a canyon wall. And he looked and he looked and he looked. And he couldn't find anything. Except he did find oxen shoes. In the canyon, and he's like, to his knowledge, nobody had ever taken oxen through that canyon. So he, while he's there, he's on his way back, and he's he has to walk. So on his way to like past S four, he kind of walked to where the ridge came around. He knew where it was. He knew where the Papoose Lake bed was. It was like off to his left and he went to the right, but he couldn't get back that way. And he's like, ah, 
because there was like military personnel and stuff. So he had to go the other way. And it was like five miles out of his way. Mm. So he's going there. He said he came across something that he could only describe as like, he called it the town of death. And it was like a huge town. And in the middle of it, they had like a, a ship, a couple airplanes, and the rest of it was just like houses and trailers and apartment buildings. Uh, one like sort of skyscraper-ish looking thing. And they were all just fucking destroyed. And the only he's like, well, it must have been like a, t- like yeah. a nuclear test area, right? And so... He's like, did he ever write? Did he have radiation detector detector on? I'm getting there. So he he's stuck because there's all this surveillance and shit, and he has to like hang out there for like two days because there's like all this military personnel. There's Blackhawks flying. There's there's people driving around. He's like, fuck, you know. So he finally like gets a break and. He sees like a building with one window and has like a pulsating light in the window. And it's got a fence around it, like a high security fence around it. So he's like, I don't know what that is, right? So he, like, <laughs> he sort of makes his way over there. Well, he's like out of water and he's got like 10 miles to walk. <clears throat> and he's already like super weak. He's kind of like out of food because he's like off course. And, uh, he gets to this building area and there's these three like water spigot things and he's like fuck it and he just fills the canteen up he takes a big giant drink of water continues on his track calls his brother says hey I'm about to read you know about to breach the perimeter his brother pulls up in the car he jumps the fence they drive the car stops the light they have the lights off they jump out of the car that car goes forward another car comes around picks them up and they take off and they're free he he did it right Mm -hmm. it took him a, a little over a week like eight days well he totally described what Bob Lazar said that there was like these mountains that had these angled textured hangar doors and it sits back in the mountain and he was like one of the only people that's ever had like a first hand account he wrote a story about it of how Area 51 works well his he's telling his brother a story his brother's like you know you probably drank like radiated water right right and he's like I know but I was like dying of her we end up dying of cancer he died of stomach cancer, <laughs> like within the year. You but it's saw a that coming. Really interesting story. Really, really interesting story. It is. So, all that to prove that Oxen had gone through that valley. He, he loved archaeology. Jesus <laughs> Christ. I mean, you see what Indiana Jones went through. Right. But this shit was like jewels and shit. At least it had value. <laughs> <laughs> Fucker found horseshoes. They weren't even lucky. They were not lucky. Well, they're oxen horseshoes. Right, so. <laughs> they're oxen shoes. They're oxen shoes. So they're not worth shit. So, 
you know, you have three different people with sort of three different motivations, but they all say the same thing. They worked on craft that wasn't here, or they've seen where they worked on the craft that they store. And then you have all these stories that come out later that, you know, there's all these spy planes and things that are developed and high tech. And even the president of the country can't get into the base. Right. Um, all right. So should we go to what we think or yeah. do you want to add anything to this part? No, I think that's, uh, I think that's it. I think, I think those are the most credible stories. We know okay. Babazar's story and the other two that you just mentioned. Jerry Freeman's is really interesting. It, yes. you, you should watch it on YouTube. It's a very, very, very interesting story. And yeah, so is those, Dave, those so are two, David Adair. Um, yeah, those are the two more compelling yeah. stories, but aside from Lazar's that right. that I've heard. So all right, well, let's get into what we think. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. Second, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Okay, so I kind of think it's all true because this is why. Remember, we were talking about, I think this is the last episode, we were talking about how people worked at the the uranium processing plant that was by our house. Mm-hmm. And literally, they had a job that they didn't know what they were doing. They would like have to no. This, I know it's yeah. I know it's funny, but they would have a job, and it would say, "When this dial hits fifteen, hit that button." Right. And they would do that all day, every day, mm-hmm. for their entire life. And that atmosphere was totally accepted during that time. Mm-hmm. Now, you, people are like, what the fuck's it do when it goes to 16? <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Fuck that, I'm out. <laughs> right. 
But at the time, <coughs> and they have all these pictures. Like, so the, in, there's a museum where I'm talking about, and they have all these, all these um, propaganda pictures that are on the wall. Think about it. If they're real, they're probably radioactive, but whatever. Mm-hmm. So they have all these pictures of like motivational workplace posters is the best way I can say that's what they are. Right. Right. And it's like, you know, uh, loose lips, sink ships and, you know, all all kinds of like 1940s sayings. (laughs) Right. And, uh, yeah, don't let the commies win. Keep your mouth closed. Right. And so like, you know, people are fine with just pushing that button mainly because they're probably killing it. They're probably mm-hmm. making a shit ton of money and they didn't care. Right. Uh, for the time. Yeah, like we can work at the hardware store. I can push this button <laughs> eight mm-hmm. hours a day. Right. And I believe that the government is very compartmentalized. So it makes a lot of sense that you would do one sort of R and D mm-hmm. on one part of the base. And Bob Lazar flat out says, you know, people that work in Area 51 don't have clearance to work in S4. Right. So, like, yeah, okay, they're working on spy planes and stuff. And so when people ask them about, well, what goes on is there are there aliens at Area 51? They're like, well, now, yeah, they're in a hangar (laughs) (laughs) working on a Blackbird. And they're thinking, like, well, yeah, I mean, you probably think it's a UFO because this thing's fucking fast. Mm Mm-hmm. This is the fastest plane out there. It flies... Yeah, 2,200 yeah. miles an hour. But, you know, would have better cover to have, like, a complete underground complex where, you know, just 15 miles away into the desert, which you can't see, right? Right. It's behind a mountain range and in another lake bed. And underground, mm-hmm. uh, the, a whole other, like, thing that's going on. Mm-hmm. And if you have no surveillance and there's no way to see it, and you know, I, now that I say it, I, I don't know if you can, can you see um, S4 from Google Earth? Uh, good luck, because you can see a lot of stuff, but to, to try and imagine that there's some kind of hangar doors there in the mountains, to, I think I think they would have designed it to not be seen, and I think it worked, because I didn't see anything. I mean... Yeah, I've never... And I think somebody would be all over the internet with it if they said, hey, here's exactly what Bob was talking about. Right. So, uh, it seems like to me, yeah, you would... um, It's a big, fast area, though, still. I mean, like, looking at it, it's not like you could... you got to really go... It took me a while just to find that family's mine you know it's 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 such a big big area and you get the gist of that um runway when you look at it that's the first thing you see is those big runways okay so i'm on the papoose lake bed right now mm-hmm. and yeah i mean it's they got it blocked off so yeah for me i'm I think that this is uh, totally plausible. I think there's 
it, it makes sense. The government's big on um, compartmentalization. Mm-hmm. And the right hand doesn't know what the left hand is doing by design. Yep. And I don't know if anybody's in charge. You know what I mean? Yeah. It'd be... There uh, there would be a conflict of uh, control there, you'd think. Definitely. So, um, I think, you know, there if there is... There, uh, probably not anymore, because it has so much attention now. But yeah, definitely at one point, if there are such things as aliens, and it, it seems like the government's saying UAPs are a real thing, and if they exist, where else would you keep them? Right. I definitely don't think they're in Dayton. I don't yeah. think they're in Dayton, Ohio. Yeah. I think they're probably <laughs> out in the middle of nowhere where nobody can see it. So yeah. I'm going to say that it's probably possible that everything that everybody's ever said about this area is probably true. Okay, so if you're looking at, were you, did you say you were looking at like Google Earth? Yeah, I'm on Papoose Lake Bed right now. Okay, so if you're looking there, go into your search, yeah, and and while you're on that part of the map, hit search and hit Groom Mine. Okay, and then it'll show you where that Sheehan family's mine is. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Shit. they are looking right into Area 51. I mean, they couldn't be closer. I don't know who would be closer. Right. And if you look down at the base of the mountain that that mine is on, you'll see the service road that goes comes in from the back way. And that was the way they were allowed in to get to that mine. So they drove right by the salt flat and everything, it looks yeah, like. Yeah, I see it. That, that they built that service road just for them because they had to come in through the back way instead of coming in their normal route. And it's like kind of out of the way from what I understand. Huh. So, okay, so S4 is like right around. Okay, so to see the mountain range, so this Jerry Freeman, when he was describing it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you see like the groom mine. Yeah. Bald Mountain, which is terrible. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bald Mountain. Okay, so uh, so like S four is like it, it, the view they give you right to the right. Oh. Okay, so like there's the mountain range that he had to like go around. Yeah. The canyon, the canyon is in between those two. Huh. So when he went there, so I mean it checks out like. At least his so account. Now, yeah, and that puts Groom Mine family, the Sheehan family, out basically kind of out of view of S4, right? Right, so they wouldn't see S4, but they would see Area 51. They would definitely see Area 51. And because many times they mentioned in like a lot, I, I, when I was looking into these people, you could see on a few of the, um, few of the different articles and stuff, they had talked about how they were like, hey, we've been good to you. We haven't said anything about anything we've seen. Right. You know what I mean? So you see, like, so you see... Um, but they were probably watching all the Lockheed test flights and all that stuff. So you see Green Lake. And then yeah. the Papoose Lake bed 
is like northeast. Yeah. Okay. There's a whole range in between there. And then in between to the right of that range is another range. That's the canyon that the guy Jerry went in. Uh, oh, Jerry okay. Freeman. So that's what he was looking for with the Lost 49ers. And that's why it's called Death Valley. Because of this like survival story basically about these you know prospectors that are going out there to try to So as far as by Papoose Lake? It's in the Papoose Lake bed. Okay, so they yeah they would be they would be looking right through a mountain range to see S four right, so they couldn't see it. They could see Area fifty one, but they wouldn't be able to see S four. Right. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, they would see something maybe fly up over the mountain range occasionally, but they would I, they would probably drum it up to the same Area fifty one test flights for. Blackbirds and all that stuff because they've been watching throughout the years. They've seen every very all the ones that I named off that Lockheed and CIA built together the U 2, the A 12, the YF 12, and the SR 71. They that's all like succession over the years right. of development. So it's like sure. they watched all those being developed. But if you look at if you if you zoom on a Papu's Lake bed, there is a there is a road there runs right into Lake mm-hmm. It's a straight line. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, but, you know, you get out there and there's nothing out there. I mean, you can just drive. That's part of the, that's part of the reason why they race dragsters out there. They reach through, you know, all the land speed records. Yeah. Are all out in places like that. Um, yeah. because it's just flat mm-hmm. and you can go as fast as you want. Right. All right. So, what I'm saying is that Area 51 definitely was a developmental site for experimental aircraft. It was for uh, nuclear detonation. And I believe in aliens. So, I'm going to say if you're going to do anything with aliens, you do it there. Okay. And probably none of it's above ground except maybe a test flight probably any kind of R&D research and development anything like that happens like this David Adair guy says you know many stories underground and Bob Lazar said that too he said there's a huge network um, and I don't know if he ever really got into it because I've watched a bunch of them but I can't remember if he ever said anything about him being underground but you know, he did allude to the fact that there, like, there's a big underground facility that where they study, and then there's, you know, other stories from other people that say the whole reason Bob Lazar got there was because there was this, you know, co-op with the aliens and the Russians, and that we didn't want to leave our guns, <laughs> which is great. That's great. That's great. (laughs) And uh, it caused this huge riff. And this kind of started underground. And it became like... And then there's another guy that said he he dug trenches for the Dolce Proving Grounds. And uh, 
you know, he got into this firefight with these aliens, and I don't know. I kind of think, I kind of think it's real. Right. Why is it? Why is it so shut down? All right. All right. Good. All right. Well, um, I think that that it they had so much stuff that they like I said when they moved the CIA and Lockheed in there they had tons of money yeah they spent it they built this place up so if you were going to to have something that you wanted to keep secret like alien technology that's exactly where you would take it because yeah. they already built the facility up to this monster secretive test facility. And, and we, we did touch on this. There's a lot of black ops money. Yes. CIA's full of it. Right. Okay. So got They got money that I don't even know where it's coming from. Nobody does. They right. Just, they just throw it around. Sometimes drugs. Yeah. It's most of the time. <laughs> I think it is. I think they got rich off drugs back in the 80s. And yeah. I, they've been rolling since then. Right. But... And coincidentally, do you know what the land speed record is? Because I do. No, I don't. 760 mile an hour. Is it really? Yeah. I thought you were going to say 420. No, it's 760 (laughs) miles an hour. God, that's crazy. Just underneath the sound barrier. Shit. I think he broke the sound barrier on one of his runs. Uh, he did. He because oh, it, it's a combination. It it's, it's an average. What's, what's sound? Five hundred? No, the speed of sound is like uh, it's it's a weird number because it's, uh, it's a fucking it's like eight. I think it's right around eight hundred, which would be Mach. Let's see here. Okay, it says seven sixty seven. Seven sixty seven. Right. Okay. So you said seven forty. It's seven sixty. Oh but, shit! He was right of, there. But one of his runs, he ran the speed of sound, and he oh, broke really? the sound. Yeah, it was kind of crazy. I remember it because right? I I actually Is watched this the watched silver it bullet. Yeah, it was, the, it was called the thrust CC uh, SSC. Okay, it I'm not crazy. The twin rolls, twin rolls Royce engines on it. Shit. Jet engines. That is. How do they keep it on the ground? It's it, if you see the thing, it's built like a rocket, and it's just got two jets on the side of it, two gigantic <laughs> jets. It's like the it's like a needle I with two picture, giant rockets. I just picture the edge of his lips on his ears. Now I yeah. remember this too because I used to watch car building shows. We can edit some of this shit out, but I used to watch watch uh, these car building shows, and there was this chick that was always on there. She was like a really killer welder and mechanic, but she was also a speed junkie. And she uh, actually broke speed record, land speed record, and died doing it. Uh, Posthumous, they gave it to her because uh, because they like they went back and they recognized her speed run because they they said they clocked it and everything. It's just that she died doing it, so they didn't establish it as as the record. But uh, was that part of the Jesse Combs? She came. She she died. She was on the. She was kind of like a celebrity. She was like on car building shows and shit like that. She was on um, overhauling and yeah, a couple other and all girls garage. 
So I remember that one too. Yeah, she was on there. Jesse Combs, the little blonde that could um, could weld and all that shit. She uh, huh. she died setting the women's land speed record. Which In was, 2019. Yeah. There you fast, go. She's the fastest. Yeah. They, but it took them a minute to, to recognize it because she died and then, like, they did this thing and they had to come back. Guinness Book of World Records reclassified it after she was dead so that she would hold the record Her at 522 miles an hour. <coughs> oh, my God. Have you seen her? Have you seen the car? Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> You're right. It looks like a MIG fighter with no wings. Right. Just big jets on the side. Jesus Christ. Right. You got to be insane. Wow. Right. And then that's that's like, it's crazy because that thing goes 760 miles an hour and that Blackbird goes, I just can't get over that 2200 mile an hour. That is just insane speed. But anyway, I think... If you're building planes like the SR-71 Blackbird and, and the, the YF-12, and there's been other stuff there, plus nuclear testing, of course you're going to spend a ton of money making this base secret. Yeah. And of course, when you have an independent contractor like Lockheed, who's probably, you know, is in there too with their R&D that's protected because it's theirs, it's private. Right. So it would make sense to me that the president wouldn't be classified to see their independent research. Yeah, because you get into a weird area. It's because you go from private from public to private. Right. And I think because of Lockheed's participation with the CIA and the CIA being the CIA, they of course they're gonna tell the president he can't come in and he doesn't have the clearance. (laughs) And what did they tell Eisenhower? That's what I'm saying. They're going to tell right. Eisenhower that you got you, you cannot come in here because you don't have the clearance. And the more people that know, idiot, like the more. <laughs> and then, know? and then they probably, honestly, they probably brought in those two guys, Eisenhower's guys, came in. They showed them how far along they were on some of these projects. Right. And they were like, "Hey, look what we're doing," and they went, "Oh," and they were like. But this is their private domain. You can't, you know, that's why we're protecting it. And they went, oh, good point, and walked the fuck out. Yeah. And then he backs down. So, and then with that, like I said, now, like we established that that family couldn't see necessarily the Papoose Lake, but they could see all Area 51. Right. But what are you really seeing? Well, if you're going to test flight alien spacecrafts you'd think they'd be like what the fuck is that you know what I mean now seeing a really fast plane is one thing when it does all the things that you expect a plane to do it starts at the beginning of the runway it fucking cooks down the runway and it takes off and then it goes at this crazy speed that you're like god damn they're killing it you know and then it comes back and it lands like a plane should land you don't get too crazy but if you just saw something take off and hover and fucking take off and flip over and take off in a crazy direction. You'd think that would stand out, especially when you got a lawsuit against them for taking your property. You think you'd be like, hey, you know, well, yeah, go ahead dad- and pay us up real big. Uh, it would make more sense to me that something crazy was going on if this family got paid out big time to get the fuck so, out. So, I don't know if you've ever had these conversations with your dad, but I would always 
My dad would always be like, well, the military is like 40 years ahead. Mm-hmm. Like, so, so, like, just uh, blase about it. <laughs> right. Uh, it did. They're 40, they had GPS in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. So when you think about that, okay, did they have drones? You know, like right. It's just like yeah, I was what, saying with the, the high speed rail you were talking about. Like right. you can you can have that stuff, but if you tell everybody that you got it, everybody's going to throw fit till you give it to them. So, yeah. So if you keep it in house, then you can use it all you want. Right. So, and I think that's what happens a lot with these military bases is that like you said they're car- compartmentalized they don't even like the one side of the lake doesn't even want the other side of the lake knowing what they're doing agreed and then you add on to it the public knowledge you definitely don't want them in on it and it could be for something as simple as if they see that we can do this they're all gonna want it you know what right. I mean yeah so and I think like I, it goes back to the Bob Lazar conversation and I think it's that same thing. Like they were so far ahead that they were, cause it was a big deal when we lost that stealth bomber. It was a huge, huge deal. Nobody else has stealth, right? Nobody. We're the only ones. And when we lost that bomber, who knows what's going on now, you know? So that was a big, big deal. So it was, it, it would make sense to me that that may not have been, I don't, that, that happened after Bob Lazar, I'm pretty sure. But still, you got to imagine that something like that did happen. Even, even that um, spy balloon, if it yeah. was a spy balloon falling back then, that would freak them out. Like, what if this got into the wrong hands? Then they would know what was up. The jig was up. Sure. You know? So, you're going to protect that. You're, and, and you don't care if people say aliens. You don't. You want that them to think that. And some of the misinformation might be just to leak it out to them that, hey, we got this alien technology. Freak them out into spending a bunch of money. You know, it's the same, same push that people talk about the conspiracy of the moon landing. If <laughs> We were trying to bankrupt Russia. You right. know? So... It, it could be under that same guise that we're like, well, we weren't. We landed on the moon. But, hey, we can still use that. Let them tell them that we got alien shit here. Right. You know? And then they'll freak out and be like, holy shit, they got alien stuff. So, huh. and they'll think we're, they're ahead of and they, and they start bankrolling their projects and go broke doing it. Right. They don't care. You know, that's what they want. So, I think it's in their best interest to, to think that the secrecy is for aliens because then nobody's asking them about all the fucking tech they're coming out with. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's my take on it. I think, I think it's, it's, it's one of those deals where if you, if you got stuff that's worth protecting, if you got stuff that you know you could lose and can be reverse engineered, you bring in a destroyable Bob Lazar. And, and you put him on the project because you know he can get it done. Like we said about Snowden, it doesn't matter what he came from or where he went to school. Right. That we know you can do it. So we'll get you in here because you're not this big, credible person that everybody's going to believe if you talk. And we'll get you to see if you can try and reverse engineer our shit that we've developed. And we'll get under the guise that it's aliens. So that it's because it is. It's all alien. Yeah. 
if it's a technology you've never seen before, it is yeah. a lamp. So you get it underneath that, and they they're inspired to try harder, probably even. If you told them you were just in a military installation and this is our technology, one, they'd be pissed because you weren't releasing it to the public because you're like, this could change lives. And then two, you're not going to try as hard for the fucking government on some secret bullshit, but you will try hard if you think it means life on another fucking planet. So you'll get devoted in your work. You'd be like, hell yeah, I'm going to check this shit out. It's alien, you know? If you're like, oh, you just built this last week, fuck off, you know? Why aren't you sharing this? So huh. I think it's I think it's in their best interest to keep that fucking whole thing rolling. I know it sounds like a such a it's not what everybody wants to they're hear. Aliens or not? They want to hear. I I I believe there are aliens all over the place. But you said you said like if but you're have, do we have them. any other shit? I don't know if we do i i am totally leaving it open that if it has happened if some aliens in contact has happened crash whatever it was recovery it went there there's no doubt that if it happened in america especially out west that's where it ended up okay by the way i just found the s4 site you did yeah, on, that, on Google Earth. So, <laughs> so if you go to the Papoose Lake Fest, yeah, uh, you see Cockeyed Ridge. So Papoose, so go due east. Yeah, that's no, not getting me labels because I put a search in. You can put S S four research facility. Really? Yep. There it is. Let's see. Yep. No search. <laughs> no search. Reason. All right. So go to Cockeyed Ridge. C O C K E Y E D Ridge. And there's a little house that says S4 Research Facility. So I think we're going to just, this one's going to be open. Oh, I see it. <laughs> right? We're going to leave it open. Right? That's funny. Okay, so... It we'll... just looks like two flat pieces of concrete. Is it? Like curved, like weird curved. Or is that mountain right behind those two flat pieces of concrete? Yeah. Yeah. Where they have the whole underground facility. Right. Which is completely fucking plausible, man. <laughs> it's completely plausible. All right, so we're going to leave it open. We're open to... Oh, definitely. Def- definitely, definitely open. Definitely extreme technology, but possibly yeah. alien technology, possibly something right. like that underground. Do I believe they're hiding some high-tech shit in there? Hell yeah. Oh, me too. I believe no whether doubt. Whether or not it's extraterrestrial... Yeah. yeah, that remains. To be they seen. got some stuff they're not going to tell anybody ever. And whenever you think we don't have the ability to do that, like my dad said, forty years ahead. Yeah, they're they're. they're I guarantee you they got some. <clears throat> now I know. I had also seen that some. Of, I I had I thought some of the 
hovering tech because we worked on like hovering shit for a while stuff that could fly almost like a flying saucer i mean we have drones right i mean we have we have drones that you buy at, at best buy they got jetpacks now man <laughs> dude yeah they got, they got them there's dude on youtube and they're like they puts these glove things on and he's got like a yeah. backpack and he flies like through all over the place man it is crazy yeah, he's flying he's by been... a plane and everything yeah i know they've they've caught him like at lax yeah like jet they call him jetpack man yeah he flies all around lax all the time so i think what we're saying is this that we're open to the idea that there's this advanced technology and we're definitely open to the idea that maybe maybe there's otherworldly technology and if it's going to be anywhere it's going to be somewhere in area 51 right yes. yeah for sure okay i'm good with that you good with yeah. that yeah i'm good with that i mean there's two you're talking about cia money right and, and, highly, and lockheed I, they were spending I, a lot of money to keep their stuff protected so they built this badass facility and like, why wouldn't you use it for all the secret shit? Right, just the fact that, like, Bob Lazar even said there was an S4, and we're looking at it. Yeah. And you can say, well, somebody on, on Google named it or whatever. Right. There's a place right off the Papoose Lake bed. <laughs> right. Like, you know, I yeah. guess. It's a, it's a lot, long way to go. To prove There's some giant fucking uh, <laughs> airfields out there too. I mean, right, man. They're like almost of, three miles. All these lake beds, they have all these dried up lake beds have big gigantic airfields in them. I know. So. All right, so we're open. It's a mm-hmm. new one. We're open to the idea of it. So I'm Anthony. This is Brandon. And this is everything that's weird. <laughs>